0: The Bucketeers podcast is a proud member of the TSPN, the TimeSkew podcast network. You can catch our podcast on a number of outlets, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and TimeSkew.com. And you can follow us on Twitter today for updates and more at Bucketeers. Yeah! Yeah! Good evening ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Bucketeers. We have a very, very special guest today, one of the members of the Loose Cannons podcast, one of their very own Mr. Stank Bastard. We're we'll welcoming him in here in a minute shortly. We're welcomed in by a couple of the crew as well, Cody G and Acat. and it's really a bittersweet episode. We got a lot of great to talk about, and then we have time to reflect on one of the Really the truest, uh, greatest uh, people in Buccaneers Mike history, Vincent Jackson, was a free agent acquisition and signed a contract based on our quarterback. Every number in that deal had to do around Josh Freeman. He did a lot of great work outside of the com- community, was a member of Tampa for a long time, uh, still very involved with the Lightning, owned a restaurant, had the Action Jackson uh Foundation, a lot of great things going on. We'll get him, into him later, but without further ado, we'll welcome in Stank. Stank, how we doing tonight? Thanks for uh, joining us tonight here on the Bucketeers. We're honored to have you.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, um, I. Uh, it's tough to start off any show right now with what's what's happened here over the last uh, twenty four hours with uh, with Vincent, and you just see the outpouring of love all over social media uh so many people have had contact with the guy and and had been touched by him and and, um it's all positive you know he's going to leave a legacy of 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 love and positivity and you know we can all only hope to have that kind of effect on people like he did
0: yeah everybody uh Gerald McCoy, Daquan Bowers, Coach Bowers now Everybody around the NFL who uh, was impacted by Vincent Jackson tweeted, the Chargers and Buccaneers both put out beautiful statements. Really hard, uh, you know, pill to swallow for a lot of people as Vincent's just a great guy, a role model in the community. One of those guys who just – Always performed inside the game, outside the game. You could always count on him. A hey, Cats, uh I know you're a huge lightning guy. Vincent was a huge lightning guy. You've seen him around a lot of lightning games recently. Uh how how you feeling uh today?
2: It's really, a, it's a very tough pill to swallow, man. I'll tell you, I mean, he did so much on the field, even better off the field. Yeah, at Lightning games, he was always there walking around. He wore a jersey. If you He was so approachable. I approached him. He just shook my hand. Very cool guy, down to earth. Um, it's just, it's really a shame. He did a ton in the community. He's left a legacy behind. And I just wish, you know, it's gone way too young, way too young.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate we even have to be having this conversation, uh, you know, reflecting. And I watched some of his highlights yesterday, and I forgot, you know, some of these. He's like pretty much Mike Evans, man. I mean, this is a guy who you throw the ball up to. He goes up and gets it. You know, he didn't blow you away with that over-the-top speed, but he got open. Uh, He caught the ball. He made the tough catches look easy. So he he was – he was just the man. Cody, how are we doing today? Uh, long time, no talk.
3: Good, man. Uh, bittersweet. I still remember that um, free, agent, free agency class, getting um, Vincent Jackson, Nick's, and I think it was like Eric Wright or something. Yeah. I had seen Vincent um, Jackson's play on the field, so I was obviously pumped, but I had no idea, you know, the type of person he'd be off the field, things he'd do for the community. Just a sad day for Tampa, man. Sad day.
0: He was Walter Payton Man of the Year four out of five times as a member of the Buccaneers as well. So we'll just continue that talk a little bit later. As uh, as Stank said, a really tragic thing. And uh, Stank and a couple of members of the Loose Cannons did a really cool thing and promoted the number 83 uh Twitter profile pick that's been floating around and a lot of Bucks members and Bucks community took that over and that's pretty cool. I haven't really seen that out of other Twitter fan bases. Again, I don't follow other Twitter fan bases and whatnot and this type of thing is very unfortunate. You don't see it often, but uh it's it felt like the Bucks Twitter really is a family after seeing a moment like that, you know, seeing everybody come together. Vincent Everybody misses you. We love you. We'll talk about more of your good times in a bit. Stank? Yes, sir. The, we're going to talk about that billboard here quickly. How is that coming along? We've seen that um, knockoff. I'm not sure what Samir. I forget what Samir called him, but, he, you know, you guys had First me. First of last all,
1: time. you better say his name right, bro. It's it's Samir.
0: Samir. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, I call him Samir. Uh, he he has an alter ego that's Samir. That's our IT guy um, that does all the, the background uh, stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, Samer. Um, My Samer apologies. Stole, Samer stole that idea from me. All right. First of all, <laughs> I, the billboard idea was 100% me. And then he, as he always does, you know, he can't help but design something around such a fantastic idea. He went on and designed the billboard and tweeted it out, and uh, has since taken pretty much full credit for it. Uh, although it was 100% originated with me, uh, it's, it's grown into, you know, the, the, the response, the reaction has it, been crazy. Uh, I didn't think it was going to go national. It went national and was all, you know, all over the place. And we had other media outlets hitting us up and interviewing us. ESPN radio hit us up when we did an interview with them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, in regards to how it's going, it's going, I will, I will say that. I'll say that to you right now. Um, this uh, somebody within the, the Saints fan base, as you guys probably have seen this this, uh, this character, who's uh, I guess a big booster or supporter, um, owns a bunch of car dealerships up there. He's doing his best to try to uh, stop it from happening, but I'm sorry, you're not stopping it from happening. Uh, we have way too much. Uh, first of all, the donations, it was nuts. Samra put the, the, the GoFundMe together and in less than forty-eight hours, we raised thirty-five hundred bucks, and it's still growing, by the way. And it's not just Bucks fans; it's it's <laughs> it's Falcons fans, it's Carolina fans. As soon as it became national, we were getting donations from all over the fucking country, all over the world, uh, because people want to see this happen um, because it's fuck the Saints, you know?
0: Yeah, fu- fuck them. And uh, I think you guys actually inspired another. Go fund me. I've seen somebody started to go fund me for Antoine Winfield
1: to pay his fine.
0: Actually. Yeah.
1: Somebody asked me to, uh, to start it. I was like, after what we were going through with the billboard thing, I just did not have the time or the energy, but it's a fantastic idea. I mean, how ridiculous that they're going to find him. And, and uh, Tyreek's been doing that shit to every team all year long. And, you know, he gets fine. I guess, you know, it's on the biggest stage in front of millions and millions and millions of people. And, but whatever, 7500 five that guy can shit that out.
0: <laughs> you got to focus on one GoFundMe battle at a time, and the billboard one is exactly. the important one. Like you said, Winfield, you know, he could afford that fine. Nonetheless, well, well, Buck fans will help pay for it, too. It's already filling up quick. But that billboard, that's going to be lovely. I heard the ESPN bits and pieces you and Poppy Latte uh, mm-hmm. shared. Those were Those were pretty cool, man. It was pretty fun hearing yeah. you guys in that type of atmosphere and seeing you guys not only there but along this playoff run, you know, on other Florida outlets as well. How were how were those experiences? Ban and cheese, ban and barbecue. Uh, you know, I I, I had to ban those too. Usually it's all in a day for me. The cheese, the barbecue, everything I eat good, yeah. but you guys had me going for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a staple of most football fans' diet. Um, cheese and barbecue. You know, I think we all exist on on a combination of both. Um, thankfully, we didn't choose – I mean, you know, strategically we didn't choose to ban beer, which, you know, was probably the the number one food group in that fat uh, state of Wisconsin. We could have chosen that, but we didn't want to have to have people suffer too much. So we, we chose cheese, and uh, it worked. I mean, I don't want to take full credit for the domination on the field, but I know as fans we did our part – we eliminated, we definitely hurt the economy in, in Wisconsin. Uh, we hit them real hard. We hit them where it hurts and that's in the pocket. And um, I, think, I, think, I think it helped.
0: Yeah, I, I think it did too, for sure. Uh, and then obviously the Super Bowl, we've seen that paid benefits, but the loose cannons nonetheless has been helping uh, people out the whole way and the Bucking Idiots. Uh, Stank mm-hmm. is a member and the founder of the Bucking Idiots. So. I'm the only
1: member of the Bucking Idiots, uh, me and intern Betty. Um, which I, I, haven't, we haven't recorded in a while. Uh, she had COVID and it's been a real hard, hard, mm-hmm. uh, hard road back for her. So, uh, expect that we will have some episodes during the regular or during the off season. Um, leading up to next year. It's, this is it's fucking crazy. Like it's already the middle of February. The draft is almost here. I, it, I'm usually tired of talking about the draft. I haven't talked shit about the draft whatsoever. I watched my, I looked at my first mock draft the other day, um, it's it's weird. Like, normally, that's all we talk about. It, it,
0: In November, cool. <laughs> usually. November. November yeah. 1st.
1: That's
2: mm-hmm. draft
0: season, yeah. usually.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Th- this is apparent fast, too. I, I usually do uh, draft interviews for TimeSkew, and last year uh, I was lucky enough to interview a couple pros. Got Ben Denucci, Got a couple bucks. Javon Hagen. Uh, Leverett. Uh, Josh Pearson. You know. It was weird with COVID last year, too, because you didn't have the combine. You didn't have a lot of the stuff to show you what a lot of these smaller school guys could do. And obviously, we've seen the Bucks be such big benefits on smaller school guys like an L.A. Marpet. And, uh, you know, like Ryan Jensen went to small school and then uh, Alex Kappa went to small school. So the draft will be interesting. I'm not prepared for it either. Uh, Cody and Akats, I don't know if you guys have dug up into it at all, but I really. I having have looking into that shit.
3: Normally, by this time of year, I've watched like hours and hours of college tape. i mistake. I watched like uh, I saw John's mock draft. Um, I think he had this take in Najee Harris, which. I'd be cool with that. Normally, not a run of that guy in the first round, but at 32, uh, it's not a great, like, edge class, everything I'm reading. So, I don't know. I'd be good with that. But an early mock draft is an early mock draft. We'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we stay at 32, um, they're going to draft a guy who's going to make some impact now, right? I I don't see them, you know, trying to build for the future right now. B.A. probably won't be here in two years. Tom Brady won't be here in two years. They want to win another Super Bowl so, drafting a guy like Najee, Najee or the uh, running back out of uh, Clemson, somebody like that who can pay dividends right away, makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. With yeah. That also. yeah, that would make sense to me, too. I mean, like you said, this window is very small, and for Bucks fans, it's very unusual we even get a window like this. So, mm. I'm always the type of personality that's all in for a championship, but damn it, you know, this offseason, I want us to go – Complete fucking ham. I want us to clear the slate fucking clean. I want us to go in there... Not leave a guy without a contract that helped us win the shit this year. Maybe a couple lesser guys, they're gonna get paid, maybe like if Raheem Nunez Roaches, hey buddy, you go get that payday if you get offered you know that big time money. We've seen it time again with Super Bowl players. I mean, we overpaid Bo Allen right after he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, and I love Bo Allen, you know, the big the big old guy in the elephant Vinny costume. And Vinny
1: Curry. Yep,
0: yep, Vinny Curry. Uh, Just a couple of guys that got overpaid from uh, the Eagles, but it happens. So we'll see if those guys do choose money over uh, perhaps chance in another ring. Um, Jacksonville, a likely destination. Urban Meyer could have cost himself a couple shots at free agents with the questionable hire over there. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if these Bucks players do come back. Cody, I know you had a couple free agency topics and ideas you wanted to talk about in terms of pecking order of what we're looking at.
3: So, like, our main guys, I love Godwin to pieces. I'm going to just get that out of the way. But if I'm ranking Godwin and Shaq, just because of how deep we are at – um wide receiver I think we have to prioritize Shaq with that being said I think we can other than Fournette and uh, McCoy I think we get our guys back I think extend Donovan Smith extend Brady extend Jensen that should help free up some cap and then um, I think ultimately Godwin probably gets tagged but um, we'll see how that goes but um, think I was kind of wondering where you would rank our main guys like who is the priority who could we maybe afford to lose how would you go about that
1: I'll first start off by saying I don't think we're going to lose um, you know, any of the big three. Uh, that, that defensive end position is such an impactful position. It's, it's hard to, even in bowl system, uh, it's, it's hard to find a guy who can do what Shaq does. Um, you know, but Shaq wasn't as impactful without Vita. And as soon as Vita was injected back into the lineup, you saw Shaq's production go back to where it was last year I mean, he was basically unblockable. Uh, so I mean the unit the unit itself at full strength is is scary. Um, but I think that they probably prioritize Shaq over over Godwin. But I, I think we keep them both. Uh Greenberg is a, a wizard with a cap. He's not he's not gonna make mistakes. Um, he does it too often anyways. I think we keep David Godwin and Uh, Shaq but I would put Shaq as a number one priority Um, but you know I'd hate to lose Chris Godwin I mean at times he's our best receiver Uh, he's young he can do it all he is he is he has every single tool other than maybe breakaway speed but he's physical he's a phenomenal blocker he runs great routes he can play all the positions um, and uh, you don't want to lose a guy like that and he's humble he's not a fucking diva yeah. We don't have divas on the scene. Even A B turned into, you know, a humble guy. Did you see A B at the fucking uh, Super Bowl parade? No. The guy was not nowhere to be found. You would expect a guy like that to be in the forefront with a fucking fur coat on. Uh, you know, and he he didn't. He he has been humble since he's been here. And this whole team has that humbleness about them. they they have that fucking fighters mentality. Um, and uh so I I'd love to keep all of them. Um, I don't think Levante wants to leave this team either. They all know that we can do this again. You know, everybody's projecting this to happen next year, not this year. You know, most of the experts were like, "It's going to take a while. It's going to take a season." And it took really almost the entire season, you know, until the till that last stretch for us to get really rolling and find an identity on both sides of the ball. Um, and we were lucky to, to carry that momentum. I don't say lucky. We we carried that momentum and found the identity, and started to believe. And the rest is history, man. One of the fucking greatest seasons in all of all of sports history, in my opinion.
3: Well, I think the most important thing was the sacrifice you made for all us Bucks fans going through that for a whole year. I don't yeah. know that my wife could have gone without the two-inch two-pump hammer for a whole year, but um, yeah. I appreciate the sacrifice you made for all of us
1: like like it's one of Sammer's favorite statements is um that he's the best at being humble, and I try to be humble you know i i, I don't want to take all the credit for the championship, but i I reached out to jason light um you know me and him uh we talk every once in a while and i i do expect to ring jason i didn't say that to you uh uh you know via via d m but um i mean, I know everybody in that facility is sacrificed, you get tested with covid every single day you know i mean. You know, weren't able to travel, had to stay at home, uh, couldn't live a normal life. Neither could I, Jason. Remember that.
0: Yeah, a lot of Bucks fans have to look at you. And I know uh, Gene from Buck, what you heard, gave up beer, a uh, very beloved drink of his choice. A couple yeah. tough choices, but it's
1: almost, it's almost harder if you think about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I think that's one A and one B right there yeah. for, uh, uh, you yeah. know it's tough buddy uh, we're, we're we're glad you made it to the other side at least i did so, man ho- hopefully we'll we'll have to see and hold our breath and see what um I, I seen the other day on Twitter you almost said you would do something. I forget what it was. but
1: Yeah, I said J.J. Watt. If he came here, uh, I, I'd give it up for a week because I I, he's obviously not the same uh, – doesn't have the same uh, uh, gravity as a guy like Tom Brady. And honestly, I I don't want J.J. Watt on this team. I don't. No. I, don't I think I don't, we
3: all agree on that here.
1: He, he he makes everything kind of about himself. I get he's a charitable guy, but – um. I don't, know. I don't think we need a personality like that on this team. We've got enough personality here. We don't need a piece like him. Uh, I, would, I mean, I. it's not like I would hate the guy if he came. I just don't think it's necessary.
2: If Shaq were to leave, I don't know. That might be a, a route they take, I could see, perhaps. But if he doesn't, if Shaq is still here, to me, that looks more like a luxury piece than a – yeah. you know, obviously, you can never have enough great pass rushers. I've always believed that. But mm-hmm. – if you're able to keep Shaq and you're able to keep Sue, then that's, you know, to me, Watt is a guy it's like, oh, you see, you kick the can, see if kick the tires, rather see if maybe he's willing to take a real team-friendly deal. If not, though, I'm not going to lose sleep over not getting him because, yeah, eh. you know, I'm like, yeah, a few years ago, I would have seen it differently with Jake, guy like Watt. Now, yeah, you know,
0: he's not what he used to be. He's yeah. not.
1: I think he ends up in Tennessee or Green Bay or, or somewhere like that. I just, I don't see him here.
0: Yeah, I don't know neither. Yeah, Tennessee is good at overpaying uh, useless free agent D linemen. So maybe uh, he could either break that trend or continue to make that trend. No, really though, the guy's damn incredible. He's in Chicago right now. And, you know, he has a nice little, uh, nice little lady on his side. That's for sure. Um, and they're getting used to the cold weather, so who knows? Maybe he goes back to a Green Bay because he's from Wisconsin type, or maybe he plays in Tennessee. We'll see what happens. What's
1: Pittsburgh, yeah. I forgot about Pittsburgh. Can go yeah.
0: Brother. A- yeah. The three, he, he'd be the third Watt down there. Mm-hmm. You know, they just popped Watts out left and right. Could you imagine mm-hmm. being the parents of those kids? Like. Mm-hmm seeing your fucking three kids in Pittsburgh playing together. That'd be the easiest. You know, usually you had the Mannings watching their kids go at it or the Barbers watching their kids go at it. Here you could, hey, three Watts and one step right up. that would If I
1: was his dad, I'd be selling
0: sperm on the dark web. On stop. For real. Uh, the only other family tree that could perhaps top that is a Manning one. Uh,
1: or the Matthews one.
0: Yeah, Matthews is incredible. The Harbaugh, I guess. The Harbaugh in terms of book smarts because it was the two Harbaugh's and then their brother-in-law was the Indiana basketball head coach. I know he's technically not one of them, but a couple OG sports people around the league. And I heard the Mannings popped out another one that's throwing a lot of good football passes, so maybe we'll see him – Sooner or later um, at the NFL. But yeah, this off season is going to be crazy like no other fucking. Usually by now we're already knowing what free agents are targeting, knowing who we're drafting. But right now we're still kind of celebrating the Super Bowl high um that game was incredible the the time that's was not inc- going
1: away by the way the Super no. Bowl no, not. is not going away the it first doesn't. one, it shouldn't
0: the it first shouldn't. one still I'm still high from the first that's one. what I'm
1: saying the, the first, first one has sustained me it allows me to talk shit to other fan bases where <laughs> growing up I had no business in any conversation ever mm-hmm. talking to anybody uh being able to talk shit so yeah I mean uh yeah this one's not going away anytime soon man
2: it shouldn't because you never know if you're going to get back or not, whether you do or not. I mean, and now the Bucks have won two since the turn of the century and not a lot of teams have done the us, the Pats, the giants. Ugh, I hate the giants. For um, a non-division team, uh, non-division rival despise them. The Steelers and the Ravens. I think that's it. As far as yeah. teams that have won it twice or more, of course, the Pats have six. but I
1: come yeah. from a bunch of giants fans. All all my family, they're all from New Jersey and New York and, uh, I I did not at all grow up any you know a fan of any New York team. I was I was the the black sheep. I was born here, and uh, yeah. So did that
2: game that we lost to them last year scarred me. And I've been to hundreds of Bucks games and hundreds of losses. Yeah. I will say honestly, and that one might have been the worst, which is remarkable. But we got I, this I, year I, and I will back- have to agree
1: with you. Yeah, oh,
2: it was just brutal. Just the amount of Giants fans, a shitty Giants team, no less, to mm-hmm. lose to them. Now, in the end, it didn't really hurt us. But Danny fucking there,
0: Dimes.
2: That, but Danny freaking Danny Dimes. Be, being there with a bunch of fucking assholes with their with their Giants stuff, and then they sucked in my face. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I don't, but, hey, no, we, I don't normally overdo it with alcohol, uh, but that game, for whatever reason, I did and uh me me and my boy were in our section our season ticket section was complete what the the people who who normally sit around me are bucks fans all of them fuck you because they sold all their tickets all right the i was surrounded there may have been four bucks fans in the entire section it was all giants fans and we were you know we were whooping their ass for quite a while and we were talking so much shit <laughs> and as you can yeah. expect um The clouds just started to form over us as that game got closer and closer. And uh, we had to evacuate. (laughs) It was really bad for us.
2: The ones near me didn't even care. They were like, we're getting our ass kicked. And they're like, you know what? Who cares? We're trying to tank anyway. And then it went from that to we came back and beat you. So that was awful. But we get to play them again this year here. They're coming back here this year. This time we're going to kick their fucking ass. We snuck by them last year up there. Time there. Like, hopefully, we have fans in the seats. More Buck fans and Giant fans. Who cares if there's a bunch of them? We kick their ass. Hopefully, but
1: yeah, man. They, you would uh, think, right? You would think that this year you wouldn't really <laughs> see half the fan bases from the other teams in the stadium. But you would think, you, you know, there's a bunch of fucking weird fans that that buy season tickets to this team. I wouldn't oh, be yeah. surprised that they if they sold them off.
2: I've sat behind – I sat behind for years, season ticket holders, and I. they were wearing their buck stuff. And I made a comment about – an anti, a comment about how much I couldn't stand the Packers. They immediately said, hey, watch your mouth. I said, what do you mean watch my mouth? They're like – and they pulled the collar of their shirt down. They had a Packers shirt under it. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, well – I'm like, well, I appreciate you supporting us seven out of eight games. That's nice. but
1: Yeah, I've never understood yeah. the second team shit. I, guess, I don't you know, either. They've been, who, uh, you, you lived
2: know. here long enough. You know, I get it. You're from Wisconsin, you know, thanks for moving here and whatnot. But gosh, man, yeah. I mean, long enough.
1: Yeah, rest um, in we, peace, Steve Dumig. He fought the good fight and said, you know, in the city, you need to drop your allegiance to the other <laughs> team and, and and support your the local team and you know I always
2: appreciated that about him. I really did. Yeah. I'm sure he would have yeah, I appreciated That was something about him I loved and he oh, he was a tough motherfucker. He was. No, being from he Philly was an asshole, but I liked him. I liked him. Uh, yeah, I liked him too. Yeah, I didn't always agree with him, but I always appreciated that that tough. Mentality. The best at getting that
1: phone to ring, wasn't he? He he really knew how to manipulate his listeners. Oh yeah,
2: he knew he knew how to yeah. He, he I wish and we miss him on local radio. That's for no, sure. I'll leave it at that, but yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'm a Chicagoan, and I you know somehow ended up being a Buccaneer and Lightning fan. Uh, you know, I'm half Chicago, half half uh, Tampa, but. I definitely definitely love my Buccaneers the most out of any of my fucking teams by far. Uh, Cubs I love, Bulls I love, Lightning I like a lot too. They're getting to the love point for me. Uh, Hockey grew on me because the fucking bastard Blackhawk owners blacked out games growing up for me, so I didn't get to watch any Blackhawks games. I think that's why I didn't really like hockey too much and shit. But the Buccaneers jumped on me when I was a youngin. I remember uh, just watching the games. my my dad, when I was growing up, had Direct TV boom every Sunday. Uh, I liked the color red. I found the bucks. I liked the creamsicles as well back in that time. so it just all fit well, but I don't know, man, it, it's a franchise that we all grew together with. I wish. Two years ago, I could have bought season tickets. Biggest mistake of my life was not – it was the year we had the London game. Uh, I passed mm-hmm. up since I live in Chicago. But I did go to two games last year. I went 2-0, and o and it, our are only two home wins, so I'm looking forward nice. to it. Nice. I went 0-3. No, no. What, what ones did you go to?
1: I went to that fabulous New Orleans game um, where uh, I got into a verbal altercation with a female Saints fan. Um, <laughs> I went to the Chiefs game. That was wonderful. Uh, the wrong Chiefs game, obviously. Not the, <laughs> yeah, not the one that mattered. And um, what was the one in between that? We got our ass kicked. Three straight games. Did you uh, uh, the Rams game? Rams game.
2: We ha- should have won that yeah. one.
1: Yeah, we were, at, we were all three of those. And we got to see Matt Gay, um, our favorite Bucks kicker <sighs> on the Loose Cannons podcast. Uh, we got to see, see Matt that. Gay kick the game winner um and and Samer and matt were were uh talking back and forth after the game i was happy for matt but yeah so oh and three for the loose cannons crew and that's why when i had actually have several i had several opportunities to go to the super bowl um but i declined only because i felt like it was gonna be bad luck and uh plus it was one ticket and i couldn't take my wife and so we ended up Check having- one for
2: the team man I did. Game. I took
1: another one for the team. I took, I took another,
2: another one. Yeah. Another. Yeah. That's Correct.
1: right. You know, I could have had the memory of being in the stadium, but we uh, we all got together, uh, the Loose Cannons crew, and watched it with our families, and we fired fireworks between uh, after each um, each touchdown or each score or each field goal. The kids had a fucking phenomenal time. We made some good memories, man. I'm, I'm you know I, I didn't I didn't miss out. Put it that way.
3: The yeah. wife and I left my kids with my parents, drove down to Tampa to party with, with some Twitter friends. And glad I'd done that. It was fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, we had Scott Reynolds on the podcast right before the Super Bowl. He's our last guest, mm-hmm. and we were talking about our score predictions. And I told Scott, I said, "Scott, we dominate Super Bowls. That's just what we do here. All right when when the Bucks go to Super Bowls, we dominate." I wasn't scared. I felt it coming, man. I my felt gosh. it coming.
2: And the game when I'm watching the Super Bowl, I'm like, you know, it's opponent scores first, and the way the games, I'm like, you know, this reminds me of a game we played in 18 years ago. I'm like, this looks just like the last Super Bowl, and you're right. And ended up with the same type of results. Game was, you know, ended up a laugher, and a lot of people who were predicting it would be a laugh for were predicting it for the other side, and the Bucks yep. didn't give it shit, because this team has a toughness that I've not seen in a Bucks team since it's the last time we won it maybe even maybe even more so both off, the offensive line i've never seen a bucks offensive line this good man yeah. i mean they just move people they protect the quarterback they can open up run lanes uh, it is a nasty offensive line the team takes on that personality and i that was a big question mark coming into the season they answered it big time
1: they flipped the switch you they know what they want to say second half of the Atlanta game after the bye whatever you want to say um they found something they really did they you know, BA has been used that word. Uh, um, you know, we decided to, 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 to be aggressive or more aggressive. Um, it looked like it. Uh, then they, then they just started to believe, you know, they went on that win streak and then obviously we, we beat our bully. And after that, I I just couldn't see us losing, man. I mean, the way like we that. beat the saints, we beat them out. We out physical them. And normally they, they, they dominate us on both, you know, on both fronts, and they're more physical. They're physical with our receivers, and um, that was it right there, man. For me, that was that was that was our Super Bowl. I said it. People are like, "Oh, don't stay there." You know, it's not a Super Bowl. I felt Bowl. that way too. I felt, felt like it was.
2: It gave it me, me the like Philly the same vibes as with Philly back in the yep, day. Exactly. I felt the same way. It was the same thing. It was that's the team you can't beat. They're all physical. They beat us up both th- physically and everything. And I'm like, if we can get past them, back then I knew we were going to win the Super Bowl when we played Oakland after we beat Philly. And I really felt, I know you'd had two more games after that. I just felt once they knocked that one off that it was like, all right, that's the bugaboo we needed to get past. We got past
1: it. I and we think were road dogs that. all season man we, we played better on the road than we did at home so it's like, did. All right, that's well, right you're gonna be all away games that's fine we don't win yeah. at, we don't win at Raymond James Stadium yeah. except for but we
2: did now. have a winning record there this year for the first time in 12 years
1: that's Not so, all come, I was in the stadium that's all not with you no <laughs> but we went well me. if
2: you include the Super Bowl we went six and three at home but we hadn't had a winning record at home since 2008 so mm-hmm. can we retire that Dana depression thing i don't now? know
1: i i tweeted at joe bucks fan i said Good. it's it's time and they're like oh we haven't used that in forever yeah whatever. no
2: both it's they had a winning record at home this year so let's it's time to retire that one
1: In terms, sure. by the way growing up because i'm a really old bucks fan um mm-hmm. they used to black out the bucks games here in tampa too bro yes they did
0: yeah i remember uh one of our co-hosts stunner said that he'd had a drive to miami to watch bucks games or <laughs> Uh, you know, one of the areas surrounding just to watch. Bucks yeah, you'd have
1: game. to go to like a sports bar that had a real satellite dish and and hope that they were able to get the game here illegally, because uh, they weren't. You weren't supposed to be able to do that in order to find uh, find the game. At times, it was it sucked.
0: That that would have been a OG though. They feel like a speakeasy watching a illegal Bucks yeah. game, you know, at a sports bar a little bit, uh, you know, but glad we're uh you know now playing winning football yeah i think we only had two home wins last year against arizona and the colts there two years ago now i should say geez i'm hung up i still think it's this year we're in off season now <laughs> two years ago we only had two home wins under bruce arians uh this year we did a little better but for whatever reason we just can't win home games uh you know we now we can but before that we couldn't um a couple factors attributed, but we turn that corner, we're fucking gonna win all eight home games this upcoming year. I could feel it.
1: You're already uh, here
0: first. Yeah, Stank, we've never done
2: that before, so it's a first time for everything. So let's go ahead and do that too. Seven we, and one's our best. So we, may if as well we go do want to get
0: back though. If we do want to get back to the Super Bowl, I feel like we gotta. Um, I mean, this year is a year we're expecting to win, as Stank said already. It's kind of like I'm a Cubs fan. The Cubs won it a year early. And then the next year they had all that tampered expectations and they kind of shit the bed in the playoffs. We got to hope that we just keep rolling this year and, you know, we we don't get that uh, cocky head because th- that is a thing. Having that oh, hangover, yeah. that championship hangover is very uh, prevalent in a lot of sports. Look at the Chiefs, man. They thought they had that game. Travis Kelsey was laughing, giggling like a schoolgirl before that fucking Super Bowl even started. And look at him, man! Look at where he ended up. The
1: difference is, you got seven time in the locker room. I mean, did you see Sean Murphy Bunting's uh, Instagram uh, after we win the Super Bowl? Everybody's in the locker room partying and you know celebrating. They got the goggles on and you know dancing. And he pans over to Brady's locker, and Brady's just over there by himself, getting dressed, changing. Like, like okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's on the next as one.
2: usual man it's yeah business.
1: look i mean he's usual. already he's already you know tb12's uh, page is already tweeting out he's out there working out i doubt there's gonna be that co- that cockiness when they get a locker because he you know he, they go as he goes he's gonna go in there and he's gonna be like great so what we won a fucking super bowl yep. that was last year i doubt you we just don't have those types of personalities on this team either i don't think so I could be wrong. You got to stay healthy. There's a lot of fucking factors that go into it. You know, we we really did a good job of dealing with COVID this year, and uh, we stayed healthy in the right places and got Vita back when it fucking counted. That was man. you can't understate how much that guy means to that defense. You just can't.
2: Reminds me a lot player. Warren Sapp. Would say and I'm not putting him in that in that category. Obviously, although he's still a long way to go in his career. He would be like, who took on the double teams, in that voice. Who took on the, and man, I mean, just the amount of Guys, you have to commit just to, to account for a guy like Vita Vea. When he's not there, all due respect to uh, Raheem Nunez, Roches, and Sue. And Sue had a great year, did a great job. When you put Vita Vea and Sue in the middle of that defense with those defensive ends, the, the one-on-ones you're going to get for Shaq Barrett and JPP, it's not a coincidence, in my opinion, that they got what, sacked Rodgers five times, harassed Mahomes, pressured him more than anyone has. uh he two wrecks the pocket. Back. Yeah, that's exactly a- it.
1: Pocket record, and once right. once you start to destroy the pocket like that, then when you're running games and stunts, it just makes it so much easier when you got that wrecking ball in the middle. And yeah. yes, he's not necessarily a sack artist, and and Warren Sapp likes to call him the hand model because he gets his hand <laughs> on the on the quarterback that, a lot, but doesn't necessarily get the quarterback to the ground. Whatever, I don't give a fuck.
2: Pressure helped, that's and
1: that. he comes directly up the middle for the most part. Although. They had, he had some fucking uh reps out of the defensive end. And-
2: yeah, they lined <laughs> him up on the edge. Defensive
1: tackles were not ready for that that kind of body, that kind yeah, of he, sho- he
2: moves people. He moves yeah, people. A, exactly. so, There's not a lot of guys that do that in the league, you know. He got he's up there and he's with, you know, he's in the top 5 in my opinion. You know, you're talking defensive tackles, obviously Aaron Donald's in a class by himself, but after that, he's up there. So, you keep him Aaron healthy. Donald's
1: not a normal human, bro. I mean, no, he's,
2: he's not Look Even Warren guy, Sapp dude. says he's the greatest defensive tackler will be ever. And you know how just, hard it is to get just him. Just to look at the that. man's
1: body, bro. And keep in mind if you watch UFC, look at those heavyweights. They're all you know 230, 240, and they and half of them are out of shape. And this guy's like 270, 280, and zero percent body fat.
2: It's for me. You don't see yeah. defensive tackles that look like that. You
1: don't. You don't I see don't humans that no. look like that. Unless you your name is Bob Sapp and you've been fucking okay. injecting steroids in your dick hole <laughs> for 30 years. <laughs>
0: No, you don't. He's a freak. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and speaking of, we're here once again with a stank bastard member of the Loose Cannons. Sorry for
1: the dickhole statement. You can eliminate that. (laughs) I forgot to ask you if I can can speak freely here.
0: Oh, yeah. I've said a
2: lot worse.
0: (laughs) Whatever the hell you're thinking, my friend, we've had guys who are more G than Mr. Rogers, and we've had guys that are more X and, well, X on your podcast himself. So, you know, it's gone both ways here, man. And, you know, we love both sides of the spectrum and we we like to have fun. So whatever you're feeling, you know, you want to throw a dick hole in there. You want to throw It just came out, there. bro. I, I don't plan <laughs> these
1: types of things. It, somewhere inside of me, that these thoughts exist and they, they just come out in a weird ways, man.
0: Hey, no worries on that. So uh, we'll wrap up here with a couple more Super Bowl talk and off-season questions, and we'll get into Vincent Jackson to end the pod a little bit more, uh, talk about some good moments, bright spots we had of his. I know there were a lot, but just – excuse me. Just want to get into talking a little more here about this historic season because it was fucking historic. Um, We had a lot of good rookies, worse, Winfield – Uh, Johnson had a couple huge catches. Stank. I want to get your thoughts. The one tweet that cracked me up was Warren Sapp saying that Tyler Johnson, uh, you know, he's the best Johnson that Tampa's had catching passes pretty much. But then the other day, Warren Sapp actually went on Keyshawn's show and it was like, buddy, buddy. It it confused yeah. me a little bit. Do these fucking guys really hate each other? Stank. I don't know if you know. I know you've had. Uh, I'll answer that in a minute. But cannons, go ahead first. <laughs> loose Stank yeah. have ran in. Into-
1: I, I think it's like it's like at this point they're it, it, it's become like an inside joke. I, I don't you know I mean Warren Sapp's an asshole. Everybody yeah. knows that you know I'm I'm sure he talks shit to his own fucking grandmother. That's the guy the, you know so him talking shit to Keyshawn. Keyshawn's probably like that's just Warren being Warren. That's what yeah.
2: I'm he's an asshole, but he's our asshole, you know, and you need an yeah. asshole like that to win something, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't think it was an awkward interview to be honest. You know, I, I was watching, I'm like, I don't think these two guys like each other, but it's been what 20 year, 18 years now, so it's like, ah, fuck it, man. I mean, how long are you gonna hold a grudge for? But
0: you ever owned a pit bull? I have not. Uh, like yeah. I lived with one, but yeah. I that
1: reminds me of of just like a wild animal. You know, like you don't you you may think that they're your friend you can feed them but that motherfucker might bite you at any moment you know like almost <laughs> like Mike Tyson like That's a great you, you analogy. You see Mike Tyson That's being really. interviewed like you you don't want to get too comfortable around that guy. I bought him a drink at the game. I was you know, I didn't know what to expect. I, he could have thrown it in my fucking face or he could been like, "Yo, what's up? That's really cool." Thankfully, he was like, "That was really cool." Um but then Samer <laughs> tweets at him like, "Hey, you know, I made this for you and he's like go fuck yourself so you, <laughs> never, you never know you know i mean i everybody wants to tell sam to go fuck himself but you know obviously you know sap felt that so um i give him credit for that shit honestly it's
2: just how he is that's how he rolls man how he always mm-hmm. rolled you know, hey, when he told Mike Sherman, you're a shit-eating hound, and if I weren't 30 with a kid in a conscience, I'd have beat the shit out of you at the 35-yard line. What not to mention put on. a jersey on. Put a jersey on that, yeah. that got on tape. The part I just said did not get on tape, but it's in his book. Hey, that's why you love Warren Sapp. That's why everyone else hates him. Yeah, like said, he's our asshole. But everyone knows he's uh, one of the best defensive tackles to ever play the game. So, yeah. And besides, Mike Sherman was a bitch anyway. Yeah,
0: he was the fact that he even interviewed for the head coach and job of the bucks at one point in time was depressing. And I remember hearing Mike Sherman, you know, was interviewing and I was like, fuck, I think he even got brought back for his second interview. I could be wrong, but I think he like, you know, he was seriously flirting with the bucks at one point when we hired Greg Shiano ultimately, but that shit gave me the creeps and we almost hired Mike Sherman yeah, a lot of media heads like Keyshawn and Seth probably just get along on air. I know uh, real quick, I was in Dicka's Steakhouse one time in the city, Mike Dicka's, and i seen him fucking sitting down and I'm like, I got to go up to him. Him and Ron Jaworski used to be on uh, ESPN Morning Show, ESPN. I forget what the fuck ESPN Countdown, I think they called it, but they had that beef on there. And Dicko was wasted, but I went up and I was like, hey, do you and Jaws really hate each other? He's like, nah, man, we do it for TV. We really love each other. We just hype that shit up for TV, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Dicko was wasted out of his mind feeling good, but the guy he is, I don't think Mike Dicko would lie to me. You know, the man is a man of... He tells it like it is. He, te- he tells what's on his mind. It may not be great all the time, but Mike Ditka definitely doesn't leave anything on the plate. He kind of reminds me of Warren Sapp a little bit, you know, just fucking, like Stank said, one of those animals that may bite you when you get close to him. Yeah. Mike Ditka, one of the best coaches of all time, but uh, pretty cool, man. Warren Sapp, class act. Uh, I have his painting, and my wall of paintings got to add a John Lynch to that wall of paintings, so um yeah warren sap incredible i remember i was actually in tampa when he got inducted into the hall of fame that ceremony was cool i thought he was a hell of an analyzer on nfl network back in the day i know he ran into some troubles and whatnot but oh did he yeah uh yes. you, you know well oh, you mean hookers oh okay yeah yeah, I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> um
1: somebody some people consider that trouble some others consider it to
0: Got caught Hey, he's uh, helping the economy in one way, you know. That was uh, bad,
1: too. Sorry. Did I say
0: that? <laughs> Other than that, I really did think he was a good football mind, though, at breaking down the game. But Warren, uh, you know, good guy. One of the Bucks legends. Hopefully, Vita v- I I don't like, though, that hand model coming full circle to that. That shit's got to go. Uh, I know Warren, you know, probably feels a little – Threaten, even though they're types of dif- they're kind of different uh types of you know players Warren was more just fucking you know I'm gonna get your ass quarterback and Vea was just more of a I'm gonna absorb every o-lineman in the book type of guy but both great at their own thing can't talk
1: shit anymore man v- no he's got a ring and and he was you know Responsible in a big way for for the for that, so Warren can say all he wants now, and I've even seen a little bit of sour grapes out of Warren after this team win, won the Super Bowl, um, because now you know the the club just got a whole lot bigger, uh, and we've got a whole lot more people that are going to be in this Ring of Honor. We've got a whole lot more people that are are, you know, for will be forever remembered as Buccaneer greats, and um, now he's got to share the limelight a little bit, and I don't care, bro. Listen. I don't think it's a question anymore what a guy like that means to, to this team, what a guy like Vita Vea means to this team, especially in Bowls defense. Um, you know, different guys, different defenses, different eras, all those things that, uh, you know, Vita, Vita doesn't need his, his approval anymore.
0: No, Vita doesn't need the approval of anybody. I mean, right. we've seen what the hell happened when he stepped on that field. As you said, Todd Bowles did a great job of scheming him up outside, inside against the Chiefs. Um, you know, you really didn't see nothing against him, but Nunez Roaches faded pretty quick in that game. Vita took a dominant number of uh, snaps in that game. He really looked like normal Vita Vea in that Packers game even – uh, all the Bucs' pressures came with Vita Vea on that field. So, uh, yeah, like I forget he's still a young player. Oh, still right. a kid. Yeah.
1: this guy's still a kid. Second year in this defense. Um, you know, coming off a fucking horrific injury, came back in record time. We had our, we, when we had him on the podcast. He essentially was already doing rehab. All, you know, so we I obviously didn't know we were going to get this far. Nothing was guaranteed, but. Um, We kind of had a good feeling that there was a good possibility he could find his way back onto the field before the end of the season. He wouldn't come out outright and say it, but um, we had a little birdie that kind of whispered in our ear uh, that gave us some inside info that that it was a good possibility he'd be back if we kept on winning in the playoffs. And nobody was more excited than us to have that motherfucker back, bro.
3: I would imagine a dude, like a guy his size, he's probably got to work twice as hard to come back from an injury like that than, say, like a 190 pound corner or something like that. But I
1: don't know. Bro. Yeah, you can't. Got, uh, got some freaky jeans, man.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You just, you can't, you, like you said, you can't talk. You can't say no good things about him. Just
1: mm-hmm.
3: the entire defense, the swagger of the entire defense this year. Guys like Sue, the the nastiness he brings. It's just – SMB, he was like a complete – he had a slump. I think he'd even admit that in the middle of this year. But come playoff time, dude was lights out, just the entire defense. What a, it's just a special run, man. Special team, Vita coming back. Just awesome year of football. And, and what a year, man. Such a shitty year for so many fucking people. To get that this year, just special.
1: You know, BA's, B.A. should and deserves a lot of the credit. But that coaching staff, oh, yeah. um, think about, you know, what they've done with this young secondary, um, what they've done with these the, this defense to, to come to where we've – like you said, at the beginning of the season, to where we were at the end of the season, uh, to improve like we did, just to play your best football when it counts most. Um, and it's just the belief, man. I mean, it didn't take – much, just a little bit more of momentum. And then we already got guys like Devin White, who, you know, obviously, you know, the guy's an alpha. He, he, he has the belief. Sue believes it just took that, that, that winning winning fucking matters. Right. It took, yeah. took them winning and getting the taste of success uh, and believing themselves, man. And they, they just became unstoppable in their own minds. And, you know, they, they put in the work clearly um, because uh, you know that's not necessarily enough, man. But when you work hard and you you combine that with the confidence that they played with, um, you know we we didn't we never played mistake free football. If you look at the Packers game, Brady threw three picks in the second half, and and the defense stood tall against the other goat, right? The one that they're saying the goat, the MVP, uh, stood tall and held that motherfucker to six points, and we took home the W, bro. And it was a team effort. It wasn't just Tom Brady. Tom Brady's gonna get all the all the uh, you know magazine covers right now, for sure. But um, this defense des- deserves an equal amount of credit.
2: Yeah, the, yeah when, go When on, one AKS. unit, when one unit, you know, in the New Orleans game, the offense didn't quite. Get itself going, and we knew that was going to be a tough, tough go against that defense. So um, our defense set them up. It was some, you know, it's a good, great field position, and you know they played. You know, it's cliche maybe, complimentary football. They did. We even got some contributions out of a Jaden Mickens and some returns in that Green Bay game as well. Set us up in good field position. Mm. Um, you know, Ryan Suckup. I don't put too much into kickers, but let's be honest, he had a he had a great year. And it just seemed like when one if, – if there was a game where one phase seemed to kind of sag a bit, another phase of the game picked the team up. And that's, you know, that's what you, – you know, true team effort. We didn't see that for years where it was a cohesive unit. And then it all came together in the Super Bowl. You're right, offense, defense, special teams, all of that.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can point to a game this season where you say it – you could say that our offense was absolutely dominant. Uh, I think our offense is going to be much better next year, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, you know, I think we'll, we get a third down pass catching back, yep. uh, a guy who can naturally, you know, be an outlet for Brady. Um, you know, we got get a guy like OJ Howard back. I think we're going to be better next year on offense. And if I got an defense, actual
2: off season, you know, yeah. an actual off season, not just workouts at Berkeley prep and Hey, you know, those, yeah. they did a great job with those. Absolutely what you were saying.
1: Yeah. yeah. And if our defense continues to ascend and we're able to bring back the key pieces we talked about earlier, um, why not, man? I mean, you got to stay healthy. A lot has to happen. Uh, a lot of things have to go your way and you got to be hot at the right time. I mean, look at the fucking Steelers, right? 11 and zero, And then they just completely shit the bed. Um, you got you got to be the momentum's got to be there. So, you know, ho- hopefully, all those things come into play again next year. And now it doesn't. Have, you don't need Brady to to blow belief into your fucking brain. Now these guys are all Super Bowl champions. now. Already there. They, they know They're what already. they can fucking do. It doesn't take it anymore. He's already planted the seed and it grew into a tree and it and it bared fruit.
0: We're,
1: you know. Now you got a locker room full of believers, man.
0: Yeah, we literally had the greatest of all time come here and fucking win a Super Bowl. I don't want to hear the Montana comparison because he didn't win shit when he went elsewhere. We literally had this guy come here, win a bowl after this 18-year streak of losing season after losing season. Stank, I think the coaching staff that you brought up, Tremendous. Antoine Randall already got a wide receiving coaching job with the Lions. Uh, He was an offense assistant with the Buccaneers this past couple, uh, two seasons, I believe, with Arians. We heard Byron Lefwich almost get the Marshall head coaching job. Todd Bowles is rumored pretty much in every head coaching job. So we're seeing these guys, you know, one sooner or later, Antoine Randall moved up the ranks that fast. We're going to keep having these coaches move up the ranks fast. And Bruce is going to be pumping out a coach and tree all over the damn league.
1: Oh, no doubt. And thankfully we benefit from the the shitty rules that the, the NFL has in place where these coaches can't, you know, when you go, when you go and play in the playoffs or in the super bowl, it's hard to hard to hire coaches because other teams are allowed to hire, co- hire coaches before the season ends, which is, it's just stupid, but I get why they do it. Um, but that, that, I think that, that changes at some point.
0: Yeah, it needs to because some coaches kind of feel rush-hired or uh, rush grabbed just because – Yeah, the
1: enemy still doesn't have a job. The okay. kid deserves a job, man. But
0: yeah. the Colts guy, the guy from the
2: Colts, the offensive coordinator who looks like a college frat boy gets the Eagles job. It might be a great coach. I don't know. But he didn't look like a guy that I would have hired. And Dan Campbell – Look at him. He looks like what he's going to chop. What, what the hell? I'm going to you know? chomp
0: your kneecaps. Yeah, chop the kneecaps. the fuck yeah. out of you and then chomp your kneecaps. And it's like, I kind of like that a little bit.
2: I did too. I mean, the Lions might still suck, but they'll be entertaining. Can't say it won't be entertaining with him in sideline theatrics. Probably it'll be yeah, quite interesting Yeah, he's like a, like a Rex
1: Ryan, you know? The, right. That kind of personality. And that, that works, and that's all all good and well when you're winning, but – if they're two seasons into taking, you know, some hard L's and some six and ten kind of records, man, that that kind of personality doesn't always, uh, yeah, you know, last. Look, Look at Chiano. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> there right. you go.
0: Yeah. Thanks, man. Fucking, I remember uh, watching those post games and. Looking at – I think the Giants were the first game we really rushed the kneel down on, and I just remember, you know, people's reactions and shit. And, you know, at the time, here I am, you know, thinking, hey, we could still win the game. And now that I look at it, it's like, man, we were fucking rushing on, you know, kneel downs, something that you can't even really cause fumbles on. I know Shiano technically has on two plays at college, but let's be honest, college, NFL, different ball game uh Shiano toes on the line I think was a big quote of his uh he got Michael Bennett off the damn squad and then uh Bennett went on to win Super Bowls elsewhere so you know i we actually had former Buccaneer Anthony Gator on our show a couple weeks back and uh we were talking with him about playing for Greg Shiano and he actually praised Shiano highly he said he was a very good coach to play for and uh you know we we were cool with it, man. He said his favorite one to play for was Raheem Morris. But uh he yeah, enjoyed... yeah, he said Raheem. <laughs> he said Lovey was kinda of sleeping on the job a little bit. So um My that, mom that...
2: even picked up on that one with Lovey. She's not a football was not a football aficionado.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not going to throw Gator. His exact words were, "You might get three words from Lovey." You yeah. know, those are his exact words. He's like, "You might get three words," and it's like, "Okay, if that's your head coach, you might want you know a little more than three words." But
1: I liked Raheem, but I, you know, he was he was young and and probably immature. I hope he gets another shot. I think he, I think he'll end up being a, a good NFL head coach at some point.
0: Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, he he was younger he brought that mentality. He did, man.
1: I mean, he got more out of those teams than I think uh, you know, a lot of people expected. Um and then you could go out and hang out with him at the club afterwards and he he'd be uh he'd be chilling, so you know, I can't say that for all head coaches.
0: No. The best press conference was, uh, we're the best team in the NFC. That's right. I said it. We're the best team in the NFC. He kept saying that. He was firm about that. I believe the Bucks were 5-3 and three or 5-4 and four at the time. And someone goes, oh, the stats show you're one of the worst. And he goes, stats are for losers. Stats are for losers.
2: They had the best record. He wasn't really wrong, you know. What do you have to lose anyway? No one expected him to be that, doing as well as they were, so why not say it? What the heck? And if you're and if, you know, it was like, yeah. Huh. I'm I'm here. I'm not. No one expects us to be five and whatever they were. So
1: what the heck? I'll say it.
0: It'd be incredible. It's hard to
1: replace a, a guy like Gruden too. So yeah,
0: yeah. especially yeah. unexpectedly like that. I mean, let's let oh. let's all remember here briefly before we do move on. We we fucking out of nowhere, man. It was like Joey Galloway's gone. Derek Brooks is gone. Uh, they released veterans left and right. I'm drawn. Ike Hilliard. I want. Oreck
2: as well in his yep. second stint. Yep.
0: That was tragic, man. That was like the fucking dismissal of all the OGs right there. You yeah. knew something was up. And then uh, Raheem Morris got promoted to replace Monty Kiffin as defensive coordinator. And then two weeks later, oh, actually, John Gruden's gone. And uh, this guy's going to get another promotion. I
2: wish I could get two like that in my job within a two-week span, man. Which <laughs> yeah. we all, I think we all wish we could get that type kind of promotion. Two of them and it's within less than a month. Pretty cool. Cool
3: gig.
1: Yeah it's it's uh it's interesting um it's been a long fucking a long long hard path to get back to uh where we're at right now and it was never promised I think uh, you guys alluded to that earlier man you there's fan bases that will that haven't seen a super bowl and that may never see see a fucking super bowl there's there are no guarantees man you can have oh. amazing squads i mean it as much as i hate them atlanta's had some fucking amazing teams right and they were right there on the cusp of of taking a, a trophy home and we all know what happened after that. just they may never ever get back right their doors closed they're talking about getting rid of matt ryan they're in rebuild mode like you know fucking julio jones is getting long in the tooth that's it next next chapter it, it, it's it's crazy how shit happens man
2: to have to climb back after losing a losing a Super Bowl. Losing a Super yeah. Bowl at all, let alone losing the one the way they did. Just a uh, what's brutal, that like? What's rather- that
1: like? <laughs> <laughs> I, I
2: know. I'm glad to say I can't relate. We've been Anybody to two. Know? We've won them. They've been to two. They've lost them both. Carolina's lost them both. The Saints won their one that they got to. They haven't been back. Most Every year, the Saints have been picked to, to win the NFC. Seems like it. Ever since they won it the last time it hasn't yeah. happened for him yeah it's just
1: like uh, our, you know our team's under dungy i feel like we should have more super bowls i think we we wasted uh a lot of hall of fame players careers we but that's that's the way it is man like again you can have phenomenal talent and opportunity and shit just not go your way and ricky Pro, you know fucking <laughs> catches a stupid fucking pass in the end zone and then the bird Emanuel rule and i mean look at fucking john gruden's Raider stint like the Brady the tuck rule like how a play like that can change the the trajectory and the history of a franchise forever uh, you know if yeah. Cam Newton j- jumps on that fumble Carolina maybe wins that Super Bowl there's just so many things you can go back to and c- clearly there's 100 plays that you don't talk about that matter but you, you we focus on little shit like that um, but somehow you know we've got two and I'll take it I'll take it. I might die an old man, and we still have two. But I'll still I'll die with a smile I'm on my face. With
2: you. They asked me before we won the first one. It's like, well, man, you know, you, you gave up a lot for a coach. Are you willing to trade ten shitty years for one Super Bowl? I said, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And if you know what, if we have ten shitty years after getting our second, you know what? I'll live with it. Ask, or I'll ask die. Browns, but I'll... Ask
1: Browns fans that question. And ask that's Cleveland exactly, fans that question.
2: Exactly. Ask Bills fans who lost four in a row. You know, yep. got four in a row, lose them all. You know, I mean, it's they'll they'll (laughs) sign off, which is remarkable, sign off on it in a heartbeat. Lions haven't won a playoff game in, I believe, 30 years now, something like that.
0: You literally do anything to win the Super Bowl. You know, whatever it takes to win the Super Bowl, you do it. Whatever it takes to win a trophy in any sport, you do it. You know, whatever. And it's worth it. You trade for a coach, you win it, you give up a lot. It's worth it uh, to get that ring. And Stank, we're not only two and zero. It's two blowouts. We've kicked fucking ass. That's what all we do. These times.
1: That's what we do. And the thing is, we haven't mortgaged anything right now. This this team, nope. if if Ba and Brady go away in a year or two, uh, it's not like we did the last time. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the you know. Levante's career uh, will eventually come to an end, and then you'll see the same with Mike Evans. But we got a lot of fucking young talent on this team, man. We got a lot, a, a core group of players who will be Super Bowl champions and get to groom, you know, the rookies this year and then the year after that. I think that's how you build sustainability, right? Um, so, yeah, obviously the biggest hurdle will be who, who replaces Brady, but that's another fucking show.
0: Yeah, absolutely, guys. And uh, real quick here, once again, as we wrap up, we're going to just bring up our favorite v moments. We're going to end on talking about a great guy, but we're going to make it good things. We're going to talk about our favorite, you know, what we've seen out of V-J. We are here with Stank Bastard, co-host of the Loose Cannons podcast. You've seen this guy on ESPN. You heard him on ESPN, seen him on I'm Florida think, TV. Yeah. You know, a lot of popularity, a lot of popularity the past eight weeks, and very deservingly so. These guys have great content, couple of podcasts between Loose Cannon's Bucking Idiots and some great merchandise as well. You can check him at Populate um, Samir. And I still can't say it. I can't. I can't oh say God. shit, bro. I, I have a speech impediment. I don't
1: care. No, you can. I, I I like it actually. Don't please don't say his name right the entire time. He doesn't deserve your respect until he comes on here.
0: No, he he deserves my respect, for sure. but uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Poppy Latte and X, a lot of great guys there. I'm like Keyshawn Johnson, and I don't like to be like Keyshawn Johnson. But if you listen to that guy, he botches every damn name. And he knowingly does it over and over again in the mornings. And, and it's like, Key, what the hell are you doing? But that's how I'm feeling right now. Anyways, <laughs> uh, VJ, yeah, I, I don't want to compare myself to a guy we just ripped a new asshole, Keyshawn Johnson. But hey, Super Bowl champion. I like champ. Keyshawn. Yeah, I like I mean, Keyshawn.
2: He helped us win a Super Bowl. So, you know, we gave up a lot to get him as well, he but he helped us win. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you never know, honestly, you know, maybe he has a different side of the story. I'd love to hear at one time, he really never came out too much and said, uh, you know, it's been more so Warren Sapp and them chirping. I'd love to hear what Keyshawn has to say, but from one receiver to another, Vincent Jackson, age of 38, uh, way too young. One of the best of all time in the Buccaneers uniform at the wide receiver position. This guy came to Tampa, for those of you that don't know, signed a five-year, $55,555,055 contract, all fives. And people say, why five? The Buccaneers quarterback at the time was Josh Freeman, who was number five. Goes to show the type of guy Vincent Jackson is, the type of teammate he is. Wants to warm up, wants to accustom with his quarterback right away. Doesn't even know him. Does that. Um, elected a team captain in his first year. In his first year he set multiple records alone, including a two hundred and sixteen yard receiving game, was voted to Pro Bowls with the Bucks, owned a restaurant in the community. Uh, you know, so many great things to talk about this guy. What what were some of your guys' favorite moments or, you know, impressions of Mr. Vincent Jackson, number eighty three, in a Buccaneers uniform?
2: Well, you know, that game, thinking back to uh Lovey's first year we won two games and him catching a game-winning touchdown pass from Mike Lennon of all people to beat the yep. the freaking Steelers who we'd never won in Pittsburgh before. And they're a shit ton of Steeler fans that live around here. And V-Jack's catching a game winner against that team. That one stands out to me. Um, of all games to win, he only won two that year. Wouldn't have expected it to be that one. So that's a, a great memory I have. And, you know, he had that, yeah, although it was like a losing effort, and also we didn't score. Having a 98-yard reception against the Saints, um, unfortunately we couldn't punch it in the end of it still. That was just such an electric play. It was a throwback game. Ray mm-hmm. J was rocking. Everyone was wearing orange. Yeah, that play just you were like, man, he just he just completed a 99-yard pass to v The place was just rocking, man. And, you know, unfortunately he played on some, you know, not so good teams. Uh, but, you know, a lot of great memories as a player. I know he meant a lot to Mike Evans as well, Uh, Mike's rookie year. It was a bit of a – it was certainly a mentor to him. So just a ton of great memories of him, and like you said, way way too young.
0: Yeah, too young. You could come up with a lot of memories of this guy. I mean, I've seen him in person play a couple of times, and it was a treat. Uh, You know, that touchdown against the Steelers, I remember that like the back of my hand. I was actually – watching that with one of my old buddies who's a bears fan and he, for some reason he happened to be watching that game with me and boom that happened you remember shit like that and you know Vincent Jackson's a guy who came here and you remember a lot of uh what he did and um you know first season as a buck he was a pro bowler too so we know pro bowler doesn't mean um you know nowadays i f- i feel like back then it meant more than it does now let's just put it like that nonetheless. Stank, uh I wanna hear your thoughts a little more on uh Vincent Jackson. Um I know you're more so in that area around the Tampa area. So he had a restaurant down there and other things as well.
1: Yeah, um I'm I actually never ha- I've never run into Vincent um off the field or, or not at a game, I should say. Um but I've I've had so many people um that I've talked to here in the last <laughs> You know, 24 hours, man. Who he just impacted them, their lives off the field. Um, obviously, he's been big uh, in the military community and dealing with the veterans and and the and the people over at McDill. And I would just went to dinner with my brother-in-law, who's uh, has some had some business dealings with them, and just can't say enough about him. I mean, the guy just gave uh, so much to so many, and on the football field, you know. This franchise doesn't have a whole lot of great receivers uh, to, to, to really great offensive players, period. Uh, and to see a guy like that, a free agent, not only to live up to the hype, but exceed the hype. I mean, he did things the right way. Uh, you know, he was physically dominant on the field. Um, and, you know, he was a leader. A, a leader on, on offense on a, on a young team. And you know, I think him and Freeman had had some great chemistry. And then to see, um, you know, how his his work ethic and the way he did things rub off on on Mike Evans. I mean, they play so much the same. Do they not? Like they they really he really took totally. on, you know, a lot a lot of of uh, v. game. Um, you know, there's not one particular moment that stands out to me, man. I love Vincent Jackson. Um, he had a lot of special moments, physical guy, dependable, great hands, um, you know, great in the red zone, made tons of big plays. Uh, he has to go down as, as one of the maybe top three receivers in Buccaneer history. Yeah, I agree um, with that. You know, I, I mean, he's going to be sorely missed. It's, it's just fucking weird that we're even talking about this right now. Um, and I don't want to get into speculation in regards to what happened. It, ultimately, it doesn't matter to me, man. What a great dude! Um, you know, that's life, man. I, if he, he's going, he's going to be. Uh, he he's not going to be forgotten, man. You know, P, there's too much love out there, and uh, and that's what we're. That's the feeling I want to carry um, from from this particular tragedy, man. That that the guy is just. He did so much. And I, I can only hope to to have, you know, a, just a small impact on, on the people that I come in contact with. And, uh, you know, people like that, they they inspire you to want to be better and do more. Um, you know, and then hearing all the stories, the ones that, that media didn't cover, the ones where the cameras weren't there. And now you see people, you know, tweeting pictures of their 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 experiences with the guy like he he really left a real fucking impact he didn't just do it for the sake of his name or to get any kind of fucking uh notoriety he did it because he wanted to and he cared legitimately and um that that's uncommon
0: yeah and for people who kept up with vj's life uh after the buccaneers af- once he retired as Stank said, you know, he did a lot of things. He was posting on Instagram, on Twitter, all these things. Owned a restaurant, was at a bunch of Lightning games, did a bunch of military work. He came from a military family as his parents were in the military. So he had so much love and appreciation for the military. Just so much outpouring respect. Everybody around the league had for VJ. He loved his Tampa Bay Lightning. Just so much about this guy in his community it's just so tragic um you know you really think that when you're an athlete everything's great and everything's perfect and you know no speculation here but it's just sad Uh, a couple former NFL players came out today Ryan Leaf Greg Camarillo they both had tweets and videos that said you know they feel bad for their brothers um you know it's like you become a NFL veteran and everyone stops checking on you you know you don't wear that shield or uniform anymore so nobody really cares about you like they once did and that kind of hit me different that's like damn you know like you know we love these guys when they're playing for us but you know we see it sometimes when it's off the field incidents or we're the first to throw these guys to the side and uh you know, it's just kind of crazy. Uh, Life after football, there's so much more to life than football for these guys. And a guy like Vincent, perfect example of just a great guy outside of football. Cody, uh, thoughts on Vincent and uh, the great legacy he had on and off the field?
3: Well, like, like they both touched on, obviously, amazing player, one of the best wide receivers ever to wear a Tampa uniform. I've been surprised, like I always heard how great of a guy he was off the field, but I've been surprised with how many people shared pictures or stories with him, like the fans, like that dude really took time with the fans. Like I've not seen a bad word. Everyone said how gracious he was, sign anything, take any picture, talk to you. So I don't know. He's, he's leaving a legacy. Like we said, it's, it's obviously terrible. Whatever happened, however it happened, it's, it's just sad. It it sucks to lose a person like that, man. Um, he left a legacy, you know, kids can look up to him. That's the type of athlete, you know people should aspire to be the person and athletes so just a sad day in tampa man he will definitely be missed
1: nice. i want to I see- say this man i, I know yep, I, again i said i don't want to speculate but if it was mental health related um you know as a person who's who's battled with my own demons um you know me- mental health wise uh, cause men don't like to talk about those things too often. And we, we try to keep it private and we always want to put on a happy face and act like we're tough. Um, you know, and it, I, I would, I, I, would, it needs to be said, man, and, you know, if, if, if you are feeling that way or you are suffering in any way, man, reach out, reach out to your loved ones, reach out to a professional if, if necessary, there's no shame in it, man. Nobody's that fucking strong. Life is tough at times. Uh, I don't care if you're a football player or a fucking general contractor or wh- whatever you do Polit- It doesn't matter, man. Um, you know, it's kind of been taboo for men to, to, to talk about it because it's seen as some kind of weakness. Uh, and again, I don't want to speculate too much, but if it is that listen, man, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, you know, we, we all, we all, <laughs> we all carry the burden, man. Life's hard.
0: Yeah, I lost one of my best friends to that shit, uh, Tyler Banky, 19, 18 years old. Uh, When that happened, it's terrible. You know, these are normal, normal. They live a normal life and not speculating, but one way or another, even if it's not mental health, always check in on those people. Yeah, man. On those loved ones, because it's important. You never know what people are going through. It, It may seem like one life and it's something different. But Vincent on the field, man. You were literally a savior for my fantasy teams. Uh, you killed it out there. Every damn week you went out there and you, you went ham. You had a 217-yard game your first year with the Bucks. You had a, over 100 yards. I, you had three 1,000-yard years with the Bucks to open your career and you never heard that out of Bucks wide receivers before. We had Mike Williams, who was nice to watch. You know, we had Keyshawn Johnson who helped us win a Super Bowl, but you never had that dominating wide receiver until the Bucs brought in Vincent Jackson. And then as Stank mentioned, him and Mike Evans when Evans was a rookie, and then Evans learned from him again in 2015 and then 2016 when VJ only played five games. That's really when VJ handed Evans the full Lamborghini, you know, the full keys to the car and said, here you go. It's your empire. And uh, really, before that last season where Vincent only played five games, I thought his career was going to last a little bit longer than it did. Um, he still showed great signs of football until that last season when he only played five games. I know he only had 550 yards or so the year before that, but he still showed great signs um, in 2015. And then 2016 happened, injuries happened, injuries happened. Retired from the game, walked away. Vincent, uh, on behalf of all Bucks fan, man, thank you. Every Sunday giving us a treat, every Sunday giving us a reason to watch a bad team, um, you know, every Sunday making it work with Josh Freeman, Mike Lennon, Josh McCown. Um, you know, you gave us a uh, taste test of these uniforms we have on now, too. You pretty much wore the same uniforms back in 2012 the original Nikes before we went to the alarm clock and then he debuted the alarm clock. So a lot of he good made, the
1: alarm clocks look good. Did he not?
0: Yeah. He made those alarm yeah. clocks look good. And I actually, a uh, little airy, I, I have potentially his last, I'm a man cave kind of sewer. I have his last alarm clock Jersey number ever made meant to be worn for him. He didn't get to wear it that game. It's uh breast cancer awareness month. Um, mm-hmm. So, I have his jersey that he was supposed to wear. It should be game worn. Freaking got hurt. Didn't make the game, so it's just issued. But he made those alarm clocks look good, man. It looks great. Uh, A jersey that not a lot of people like. VJ looked great in those alarm clocks, especially in that uh, 40th Seasons patch. I think that was 2015, I want to say. Those patches were nice, man. But Vijay.
1: You'll be missed, man.
0: Yeah, you'll be missed, man. We're going to pour one up. We're going to roll one up. We're going to light one up. Uh, we're going to all do it for you, bro. You, you're the man, uh, the man with the play. Maybe all at
1: the same time, actually.
0: Yeah, all at the same time. I, literally all at the same time. That's the Buccaneer way, just doing it right. Guys, we've talked about a lot of ups. We've talked about a lot of downs. And we had a great member on, Mr. Stank Bastard from the Loose Cannon. Stank. Thank
1: you. Thanks for we, having me, dude.
0: Yeah, we just want to thank you so much, man. We know you're a busy guy. You got a ton of shit going on with podcasts, with billboards, GoFundMe's, ESPN, <laughs> WFAL, whatever the hell the Florida news is. Man, you tore it up. We just want to thank you. As a Bucks fan, as a Bucks uh, podcaster, um, I got to really start talking with you during the Bucks fan bracket way back when.
1: The Nick Citro bracket. That's right. That's how I found out about you.
0: Yeah, the, the Nick Citro bracket. So that was pretty cool. And then I just continued watching and following the Bucking Idiots. As I said, I listened a couple summer nights. Uh, that was fun. We had a, a couple good crews in those chats. And then, uh, you know, the Betty, the intern. That's cool. And then, uh, <laughs> man, Loose Cannons. It's just been a hell of a ride. Yeah, we thank been, you as Bucks fans, man.
1: It's been a wild season. Um, the reason why, why I think. I'm the same way, by the way. Like, I still – it doesn't feel like the season has ended because we won the fucking Super Bowl. It still feels like I'm not ready for next season. I just want to soak this shit in, man. I really do. It's going to be the most enjoyable draft. It's going to be the most enjoyable training camp. Um, it's going to be a good year no matter what. But uh, I fully expect us to, to fucking compete again for another Lombardi dude.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We got to win two in a row. I don't want the celebration to end. I want to be. It's
1: not going to end, man.
0: It's yeah, funny. that's what I'm
1: saying. Celebrate for Vincent, dude. You know, Vin. You know, Vincent wouldn't have wanted us to to feel right. feel the pain for too long, man. But, you know, he was a Buck through and through. So, um, hey, man, go
0: Bucks. Yeah, go Bucks, crew. You guys got any go Bucks or anything to add before we log off, Cody A. Cats?
3: Uh just thanks again, Stank. I uh, appreciate you coming on, chopping it up with you, and um this season's not going to end this this season's just uh celebrate until it starts back up man oh yeah i've been watching i probably watched the super bowl about six times on nfl network since (laughs) it happened and i if it's on again i'm gonna watch it again so uh youtube videos but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna it's been a long time all the bad years make years like this just that much better so uh i'm gonna enjoy it looking forward to the draft and uh yeah that's about it
0: Oh, yeah. You
2: should enjoy it. Like, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Like you said, yeah. You don't. You don't know when these times are going to come along. So every every day, every week, whatever you want to do. I, in my opinion, just keep enjoying it, folks. Because it's special. You know, only one team wins it every year. It's been a while since we did. So each hey, each Sunday there's no game to watch. We're winning every Sunday. We won the Super Bowl <laughs> every Sunday from now until whenever we next play is a win. You know, look at yeah, it.
1: Yeah, I have YouTube TV, and I actually like have all the games from the season, I guess you can say DVR, I don't know whether they're, they're still available for me to watch. So I plan on actually watching the entire season, every game again, um, if I can get around to it, just, uh, just to go through the, the, the ups and downs and then, you know, obviously knowing where it all ultimately leads, it's going to be, going to be fun and I'll probably do that, you know, for the next twenty years until we win another one. Just kidding, we're gonna win <laughs> next year, motherfucker.
0: Then we could have three Super Bowls to watch during the off season. So it could be a series. You know, we could do the O mm-hmm. two Super Bowl, then the twenty twenty and the twenty twenty one. It could be a trilogy. Um, yeah, I actually said the other day I think I'm gonna rewatch our original Super Bowl season this off season because uh, it'll be a little fresh. You know, I didn't see a lot of. Can we get different.
1: a four K copy of that? Can can the NFL yeah. like release the actual fucking NFL films footage and then remaster these Super Bowls so the fans can actually see this shit? So it doesn't look like it was filmed on a fucking you know fucking Motorola Razor phone.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not even <laughs> sure where I'm gonna be able to watch half these games. I'm sure they're gonna be pixelated on someone's you know flip. I ac- I have a VCR tape of it in here.
2: I do that, too. I don't know it. if I still have it, but I did. I did. I used to tape them all. I would tape over the losses. I keep the wins. Back when mm-hmm. I had a VCR, when life was simpler. But I enjoyed yeah, I
1: think I have one on game. tape with with like Seinfeld reruns on there.
0: <laughs> Bucks, literally, you know, that's what we did. Uh, we skipped the DVD. We won when VCRs were popular. Now we won with streaming. Who the hell knows what'll be popular after we win back to back with streaming? Next time we win, who knows?
1: And you watch Black Mirror, bro? That shit's gonna get fucking put right into your 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 dome. No, that shit, I, you're going to have it in, internally embedded, you know, in, right, right into your brain.
0: The, the, there's so many crazy episodes of that show. If anyone likes um, good mind games, go check out Black Mirror. Very futuristic. A lot, a lot of trippy mind games, man. You'll leave that episode not knowing what your name is. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll sleep all kinds of ways at night. Great, great, great show. Go check it out. Uh, great podcast, nonetheless, with Mr. Stink Bastard on the Bucketeers. Be on the lookout next week. We got the man who brought the goat to the parade, Mr. Rhett Matthews. He'll be joining us. Mr. The
1: Rhett, the legend.
0: Yeah, the legend. We got a couple podcast legends joining us back to back.
1: Got a fucking goat to the
0: parade, an actual goat. An actual goat to the that parade, so and uh, we brought one of the podcast goats to our show tonight. And Mr. Stank, oh,
1: what a segue! I love it. No, i don't know. I'm
0: <laughs> Once again, old. as we log off, my man, thanks again, everyone. It's been fun.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Yes, sir. Fuck the Saints. Fuck the, Fuck the
1: saints. saints. That billboard's coming soon, baby. Yeah, billboard's <laughs>
0: coming soon. Be on the lookout for um, that mm. knockoff uh, businessman uh, in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> That's right. He looks like a rundown greaser from the seventies. Uh, you know, he could use he a shower. Looks like
1: a fucking straight up head of a vampire nest. <laughs> so
3: so we are in fact gonna fuck around and find out
1: we Isn't are, the, bro. What the, the fuck can he possibly around? do? Seriously. <laughs> what do you do? Is he gonna raise my interest rate somehow? Is he gonna find out who my car yeah, loan is? He's through? a freaking what? used what? car salesman. Yeah, for what God's is he gonna sake. do? Yeah. What's he gonna do?
0: Everyone be on the lookout for what the hell he's gonna do um to the loose cannons crew. He's threatened him. So we'll see if the noise is coming, you know. This guy's Bringing
1: on you, albino bitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants it smoke in Tampa. And you know, he, he's a yeah, bit Yeah, how
1: are you going to how are you going to threaten Florida man, bro? Do you understand what what uh, kind of people we have in this state? Please, come <laughs> on down here, bro.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they don't know who they're messing with. They got Hulk Hogan down there. Uh, he'll come out of nowhere and rips the beds, no but for real.
1: We got Where's Batista the- that lives in this this fucking town. You know, we got a lot of wrestlers in this in this town. We
0: got Titus O'Neil around here. Titus you know? O'Neil
1: big Bucks fan.
0: Charlotte right. Flair, you know, she's somewhere over there. So a lot of big ones, a lot of great community peeps.
1: I don't know yeah. why you'd be scared of wrestlers, but still,
0: <laughs> they're here. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just thought of the first big guy who popped into my <laughs> head, but could have named a better, a better uh, threatener for sure. It so works, though,
1: bro. The, the, Hulk, the Hulk is still – he might be a little saggy, a little over-tan, <laughs> but it's still scary.
0: Yeah, the, the dude knows business. So, dude, if you're listening to this uh, – Fuck you yeah fuck you, <laughs> Thank you. we're logging yes, off on that yes. fuck you man That's it's right. been a great my episode friend, I've come to talk with you again
3: because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping
0: and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains